Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Skiophonic Podcast, the home of short stories for lifelong learners. Hi, guys. What is Skiophonic? Well, it's a huge collection of thought-provoking short stories. They're true. They're fun. And as it turns out, they just might make you more interesting. Skiophonic started out in the mind of an ER doctor looking for a way to learn while exercising. He was creative and full of ideas, but his voice was not well-suited for narration. So he teamed up with the latest AI tech and formed a collaboration that has blossomed into an audiobook, a mobile app, and this podcast. You know, whatever the platform, these stories are the perfect way to fill those free gaps of time in your schedule with content that is both interesting and productive. So thanks for joining us, and please check out the website. That's www.skiophonic.com or download the app on Apple or Google Play stores. Great. Now let's see what stories are lined up for us today. Andrew? Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us again. In this episode of the Skiophonic podcast, we delve into the realm of mystery and intrigue. Stories about enigmas both solved and unsolved that will captivate and excite your imagination. So help us figure some of these out, will you? And please enjoy the sounds of Skiophonic. The Tunguska Event. Picture this. You're on vacation at a remote and beautiful log cabin on the Tunguska River in northern Siberia. You grab a cup of coffee and step out onto the front porch to enjoy this scenic summer morning. Suddenly your eyes are drawn to the sky as you see a bluish light streak across the heavens, ending in a blinding flash and subsequent explosion that knocks you off your feet. The echo from the blast reverberates across the valley. You're lucky to be alive. You were just witness to the Tunguska event. Let's travel back in time to the morning of June 30, 1908, to that remote area where the sky literally exploded. On this fateful day, something, and we still aren't entirely sure what, burst in the sky above the sparsely populated Tunguska region. The explosion was so powerful that it leveled an estimated 80 million trees over an area of 830 square miles. That's like the whole city of Chicago suddenly becoming flattened like a pancake. At the time, most people speculated the cause of this celestial catastrophe was an impact event a comet or meteor striking the Earth at high velocity from outer space. But it wasn't until nearly 20 years later that it was thoroughly investigated. In 1927, Russian mineralogist Leonid Kulik led an expedition to Tunguska expecting to find a massive meteorite. But instead, all he found was a sea of fallen trees fanning out from the center of the explosion. No crater and not a single chunk of space rock in sight. So, what on Earth, or should we say, above Earth, happened? The most accepted theory among the scientific community is that a small asteroid or comet, approximately 120 feet in diameter, exploded in the Earth's atmosphere. This airburst occurred about 5 to 6 miles above the Earth's surface with an energy equivalent to 10 to 15 megatons of TNT, about a thousand times more powerful than the atomic bomb dropped on Hiroshima. The reason there's no crater is because the object didn't actually strike the Earth. Instead, the immense pressure and heat as it sped through the atmosphere caused it to explode mid-air. This type of explosion produced a focused shockwave powerful enough to cause the extensive damage seen in Tunguska, but without leaving an impact crater. Now you might be thinking, why haven't we found any fragments of this asteroid or comet? That's a great question, 
scientists believe that the object was completely vaporized in the explosion. This theory is supported by tiny particles of rocky and metallic material found embedded in the local trees and soil. The Tunguska event serves as a reminder of our planet's vulnerability to space rocks and the importance of keeping an eye on the sky. So next time you're out stargazing, keep an eye out for a streak of bluish light. And remember to appreciate the beauty of the cosmos, but also the power it holds. Angels glow. Smoke lingers, yet the air is still so cold. We've traveled back to 1862 in southwestern Tennessee. It is the early stages of the Civil War, and we find ourselves in the grim aftermath of the Battle of Shiloh. It's been raining for days and the fighting's been fierce, with numerous casualties on both sides. As night falls, injured soldiers lay helplessly scattered across the battlefield, their wounds aching with pain. But amid the darkness, a strange sight catches our eyes. Some of the men's wounds are starting to glow. A blue-green light emanates from their injuries, a ghostly radiance against the grim backdrop of war. This luminescence soon became known as the Angel's Glow. As it turned out, it was a beacon of hope for many soldiers. You see, they noticed something extraordinary. The wounds that glowed seemed to heal faster and resulted in far better survival rates. Had some celestial force shown them mercy? What could possibly explain this eerie phenomenon? The mystery of Angel's Glow lingered for over a century, its story passed down through generations. But who would finally solve this puzzle? Well, that unraveler came in the form of Bill Martin, a curious 17-year-old high school student working on his school project. Encouraged by his mother, a microbiologist, Bill suggested that the angel's glow could be attributed to a type of bacterium known as photorhabdus luminescence. This bacterium, residing in the gut of nematode worms in the soil, is known to be bioluminescent. The bacteria, once regurgitated from the nematode, produces various antimicrobial substances to eliminate competing microbes. So, while photorhabdus luminescence isn't harmful to humans, its presence could wipe out many of the other bacteria that are. Bill proposed that these worms were common in this part of the country, and the conditions on the battlefield, cool and wet from two days of rain, would have been favorable. The nematodes and soil could have come into contact with the soldiers' open wounds, introducing the bacteria, which then both glowed and protected them from serious infection. His theory was first met with skepticism, but with studies, it was later validated. The mystery of the angel's glow was finally illuminated, no longer a curious tale of the Civil War, but a scientific marvel explained by the remarkable properties of a humble bacterium, the story of Angel's Glow is evidence of the power of scientific inquiry, even from the mind of a teenager, and it is a reminder that even in the darkest times, there might just be a glimmer of light waiting to be discovered. Forest Fen's Treasure Forrest Fenn was an art dealer and former fighter pilot from Santa Fe, New Mexico, and was no stranger to adventure. His life was full of thrilling experiences, 
from flying combat missions in Vietnam to unearthing and trading in rare artifacts. But in 1988, Fenn's life took a dramatic turn when he was diagnosed with kidney cancer. Faced with his mortality, Fenn conceived a plan that would ensure his legacy lived on. He would create a modern-day treasure hunt. In 2010, Fenn announced he had hidden a bronze chest filled with gold, jewels, and artifacts somewhere in the Rocky Mountains. His memoir, The Thrill of the Chase, contained a cryptic 24-line poem, which served as the only clues to the treasure's location. The treasure hunt became a phenomenon, drawing hundreds of thousands of adventurers to the Rockies. The clues, veiled in phrases like, Begin it where warm waters halt, and The end is ever drawing nigh, were interpreted and reinterpreted, fueling a decade-long quest. Clubs formed and online forums buzzed with speculation and theories. Some hunters quit their jobs, others spent their life savings, all in pursuit of the elusive chest. The search ended in June of 2020, when Jack Stueff, a medical student, discovered the treasure. Fenn, who passed away three months later, confirmed the authenticity. Stueff wouldn't reveal the exact location of his find, but he did share that it was in the state of Wyoming. He also admitted that in addition to studying the poem, he extensively researched interviews with Fenn to better understand his character and mindset, anything that might help unravel the mystery. Before Fenn's death, Stueff met with him and returned to him one item from the chest, a silver and turquoise bracelet that carried a great deal of sentimental value. Stueff then placed the remainder of the treasure up for auction to help pay off his medical school loans. The auction was a success, with the items fetching a total of $1.3 million. The top sale was a hefty Alaskan gold nugget, which sold for $55,000. Fenn's treasure hunt was about more than gold and jewels. It was about the thrill of the chase, the interpretation of clues, and the spirit of adventure. It pushed people to their limits, tested their resolve, and tragically claimed at least five lives. As you navigate your own life's adventures, remember to embrace the chase. I'll leave you with one of Forrest's many memorable quotes. Life is too short to wear both a belt and suspenders. The Green Children of Woolpit Have you ever heard a story so bizarre that it seems too strange to be true? Buckle up, because the tale of the Green Children of Woolpit will leave you scratching your head and wondering if there's more to this world than meets the eye. In 12th century England, a small village in Suffolk called Woolpit became the setting for one of the most peculiar mysteries in history. The villagers were going about their daily routines when they suddenly discovered two children, a brother and sister, at the bottom of one of the wolf pits for which the town is named. But these weren't your average lost children. Their skin had a green tint, their clothes were made of unfamiliar material, and they spoke a language no one could understand. Oh, and they would only eat raw beans. As time went on, the children gradually learned to eat other foods, and as their diet improved, the green hue of their skin began to fade. Eventually, they learned to speak English and started to reveal their incredible story. They claimed to have come from a land called St. Martin's, where everything, the trees, the people, the sky, was green. They had been tending to their father's cattle when they heard a loud noise, followed by a sudden arrival in the strange world of Woolpit. Tragically, the boy soon fell ill and died, but the girl grew up to integrate into society, 
She even married a local man and took the name Agnes Barr. As for the story of their origins, it remains a mystery that has puzzled historians for centuries. Some theories suggest the Green children were Flemish immigrants who got lost and wandered into Woolpit, their green skin caused by malnutrition or anemia. Others believe it was an elaborate folktale or allegory, while some even propose that the children were extraterrestrial visitors or inhabitants of a hidden subterranean world. The tale of the green children of Woolpit is one of those tantalizing mysteries that both fascinates and bewilders. It serves as a reminder that the world is full of strange and captivating stories, just waiting to be discovered. Who knows what other intriguing mysteries await us in the unexplored corners of our world? The Death of Poe Edgar Allan Poe, the enigmatic master of Gothic literature, captured the essence of mystery and darkness through his haunting poems and tales. With works like The Raven, The Telltale Heart, and The Fall of the House of Usher, Poe fearlessly delved into the depths of madness, death, and the haunting complexities of the human psyche. Yet amidst his mesmerizing tales and morbid themes, an intriguing enigma lingers. The true circumstances surrounding Poe's own demise. In a twist of fate, the greatest mystery that Poe left us may lie shrouded within the murky accounts of his final moments. Here's the story. On October 3rd, 1849, Poe was found in a state of delirium in Baltimore, wearing clothes that were not his own. The stranger who found him, Joseph W. Walker, described Poe as looking haggard and worn, a stark contrast to the typically well-kept author. Unable to coherently explain his situation, Poe was taken to Washington College Hospital. Over the next four days, he drifted in and out of consciousness, unable to provide a clear account of what had happened to him. His attending physician, Dr. John J. Moran, noted Poe's repeated calls for a mysterious person named Reynolds, a name that remains unexplained to this day. Poe died four days after admission to the hospital on October 7, 1849. The exact cause? Well, that's one of his mysteries that has persisted to this day. There is plenty of speculation, however, which gives us interesting insights into the life and times of Edgar Allan Poe. Some believe that he fell victim to cooping, a fraudulent voting practice common in the 19th century. Unsuspecting victims were kidnapped and drugged, then disguised and forced to vote for a particular candidate multiple times. This theory is substantiated by the fact that Poe was found on an election day, outside a polling station, in ill-fitting clothes, Others propose Poe may have succumbed to alcohol poisoning, exacerbated by a condition known as delirium tremens, which causes severe tremors and hallucinations. Though Poe had struggled with alcoholism, this theory is disputed by some accounts stating he had joined a temperance movement and had given up drinking before his death. More intriguing theories suggest that Poe might have died from a brain tumor, which influenced his behavior and induced his hallucinations. This claim was fueled by reports that a strange, hard object was discovered inside Poe's skull when his body was exhumed in 1875. A recent study in the Maryland Medical Journal proposed a different theory. Edgar Allan Poe suffered from rabies. Dr. R. Michael Benitez, who didn't know he was evaluating Poe's case, pointed out that his symptoms closely mirrored those of a rabies patient, and the time frame from his admittance to death, four days, was consistent with the disease's progression. In the end, Poe's death certificate cited congestion of the brain as the cause, a catch-all term used in the 19th century for deaths where the actual cause was unclear. 
The mystery of Edgar Allan Poe's death only adds another layer to his fascinating persona, echoing the eerie allure that continues to draw readers to his stories. In the end, it seems Poe himself became the protagonist of a chilling narrative, one that continues to baffle us to this day. The Dancing Plague. Here's a strange one. Can you imagine catching the dance fever so badly it killed you? In 1518, the city of Strasbourg, then part of the Holy Roman Empire, experienced one of the strangest and most puzzling events in history, the Dancing Plague. Let's take a trip back in time to unravel this peculiar tale of non-stop boogie that left everyone baffled. It all began in July 1518, when a woman named Frau Trophea stepped into the streets of Strasbourg and began to dance fervently. There was no music, no celebration, and no apparent reason for her spontaneous jig. Yet she danced with wild abandon, day and night, until her feet were bloodied and bruised. As the days went by, more and more people succumbed to this inexplicable dancing fever. At its peak, around 400 people were caught up in the frenzy, dancing relentlessly for days or even weeks. The city authorities, alarmed by the bizarre phenomenon, sought various remedies to cure the afflicted. In an effort to help the citizens dance out the plague, they went as far as hiring musicians to play in the streets to encourage more dancing. Unfortunately, their efforts only fueled the frenzy, and several people reportedly danced themselves to death from sheer exhaustion. To this day, the cause of the 1518 dancing plague remains a mystery. Some theories suggest that it was a case of mass psychogenic illness, where collective stress and anxiety manifested as physical symptoms. Others propose that the dancers were victims of ergotism, a condition caused by ingesting a fungus-infected rye bread that can lead to hallucinations and convulsions. Despite numerous theories, the truth behind the dancing plague continues to elude us. The Dancing Plague of 1518 serves as a fascinating reminder that history is full of enigmatic events that defy easy explanation. So the next time you find yourself tapping your feet to a catchy tune, be careful to avoid catching the dance fever that took over a town. The Count of Saint-Germain. Imagine being in the Palace of Versailles at the peak of its grandeur. A man enters the room. He dazzles everyone with his knowledge of languages and cultures, his musical skills, and his extraordinary tales of travels. But the most astonishing thing about this man, he appears ageless and his past is a mystery. This is the enigma of the Count of Saint-Germain, a figure who has puzzled historians for centuries. The Count of Saint-Germain first appeared in the high society circles of Europe in the mid-18th century. He charmed the elites with his intelligence, his wit, and his many talents. Was it all just boasting? Not at all. Saint-Germain had the chops to back it up. He was a virtuoso violinist and a gifted composer, even performing his own compositions at concerts throughout Europe. He was a talented artist and painter. He was also a skilled linguist, fluent in multiple languages including French, German, Dutch, Spanish, Portuguese, Russian and English, along with proficiency in Chinese, Latin, Arabic and Ancient Greek. Oh, and the Count could tell stories. 
He was said to possess an extensive knowledge of world events, speaking with familiarity about occurrences as varied as the secrets of the pyramids of Egypt and the future of French politics. He would entertain his peers with tales from centuries ago, insinuating that he had been present during significant historical events. In one instance he claimed to have known Richard the Lion Heart, which would have made him over 500 years old at the time of the claim. His anecdotes enthralled many, including notable figures such as Voltaire, who reportedly described him as the man who knows everything and never dies. Who was this mysterious charmer? Had he discovered the key to immortality? Despite his social stature, details about his birth, his family and his early life remained ambiguous, leading to endless speculation and intrigue. His mysterious life was matched by his equally mysterious departure. After his reported death in 1784, sightings of the Count did not cease. Over the centuries, individuals claiming to be the Count of Saint-Germain repeatedly surfaced, keeping his legend alive. The Count of Saint-Germain, a tantalizing figure who weaves a web of mystery, curiosity and wonder, his story, whether real or fabricated, has captivated minds for centuries. So, what do you think? A charming fraud or an immortal soul? Why don't you ask him? I hear he's still around. Credits The stories, content, and narration in this podcast were created with the assistance of large language models like Bard from Google AI, Anthropic's Claude AI Assistant, and GPT-3.5 and GPT-4 by OpenAI. The background music was Inspirational Cinematic Trailer by Tailkeeper Music and Motivational Guitars by Clementi Skripnikov, both from Pond5 Productions found at www.pond5.com. The narrator voices were produced in conjunction with Eleven Lab Studios at www.elevenlabs.io. Special thanks goes to my wife, kids and friends who provided suggestions and input throughout the project and put up with my incessant story writing over the course of 2023. Thanks guys! The end.